Hey there, everyone. Welcome to another amazing podcast in our how-to series. I'm Mary of our God's Wow Bench, and we are so glad to have you here. We are going to talk about something powerful today, and I hope this message will stir your heart to experience new revelations. Well, what are we going to talk about today? It's a topic that will thrill you or trigger you for more and take you where Papa wants you to go. So at the end of this, you will have such opportunities to talk with the Trinity, to converse and ask them one or two or three or 300 questions. So here we go. Today, we are going to talk about death. What? Yes, death. We are going to talk about how to engage with our body to help it break its covenant with death. We're going to talk about how to help our body break its covenant with death and make a covenant with life so abundant that we will step into the greater works. In sonship, it's not just about breaking with death in our body. It's also about our soul and our spirit engaging with our body to help it break that covenant with death. Now look, we're growing and maturing as sons, and we need to see that in this time and season, we are to keep moving into the more that Yahweh has for us, which includes an invitation to transfiguration translation for the greater works, where we're engaging the supernatural realms so that being in heaven and coming to earth becomes natural. It's normal. We are greater than who we think we are right now and how we're functioning. On this sonship journey, many have agreed to transfiguration. Our spirit man has agreed to engage in heaven not by way of the grave. For many of us, in sonship our soul has agreed to engage in the kingdom realms by transfiguring and translating and not going by way of the grave, meaning engaging in immortality. Our soul joins our spirit and goes into the heavenly realms. But wait, where is our body? Aren't we a three-part being? Don't we belong together? We know we are made in the image of the Trinity, Yahweh, Yeshua, and Ruach HaKodesh. And in accepting Christ as our Savior, we are made new. Our sin is crucified with Christ, and we are alive as a three-strand cord, body, soul, and spirit. Many of us don't yet see that our body must agree as well not to go by way of the grave, to transfigure and translate. Our body itself must break the covenant with death to engage with immortality. Now, why talk about this? Well, just look at what is going around us. Just look at what's going on around us, and you're going to see the season that we're in. There is new revelation being poured out onto the earth. In the sonship movement, we're growing and accelerating. We're beginning to understand and embrace who we are who the Trinity created us to be. We are greater than who we think we are right now and what we are functioning in. This is the season of stepping into the greater works. This is so exciting. Our goal is becoming who we are meant to be, which is greater than we thought before. This is actualizing the power of the blood covenant of Yeshua in us. We are to keep moving forward as Holy Spirit leads because we love the Trinity as they love us and they are fashioning us for their glory. So Yeshua said in John 14, I tell you this timeless truth. 
The person who follows me in faith, believing in me, will do the same mighty works that I do, even greater works than these, because I go to my Father. For I will do whatever you ask me to do when you ask in my name, and that is how the Son will show what the Father is really like and bring glory to him. Ask me anything in my name, and I will do it for you. Then we have Romans 8. Any suffering we endure is less than nothing compared to the magnitude of glory that is about to be unveiled within us. The universe is standing on tiptoe, yearning to see the unveiling of God's glorious sons and daughters. For against its will, the universe itself has had to endure the empty futility resulting from the consequences of human sin. But now, with eager anticipation, all creation longs for freedom from its slavery to decay and to experience with us the wonderful freedom coming to God's children. We who have already experienced the first fruits of the Spirit also inwardly groan as we passionately long to experience our full status as God's sons and daughters, including our physical bodies being transformed. So, we're going to talk about where did the covenant with death come from, then what have we been taught about death. We will talk about the blood covenant, the power of communion and life in Christ, and lastly, we're going to talk about how to engage with your body to break the covenant with death and how your soul and spirit will participate. Now, in church, we were taught that sin and death first happened in the garden, but it first happened in heaven when Lucifer, the cherished angel of light who saw into God's plans, got jealous He got covetous and prideful, and he rebelled against God, wanting to be greater than the one who made him. A great war took place in heaven, and Lucifer, along with the angels he convinced to follow him, were thrown out of heaven. Lucifer had a choice. He had a choice to honor his creator, but as he chose to allow his pride and covetousness to fester, Evil took root in him, and he caused separation, loss, and destruction through the choices he made. As a result, when he entered earth, he came with an agenda to wreck what God had created and to harm the ones created in God's image that he was jealous of. In Genesis 1, we remember, God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. The Garden of Eden was the perfect place the Godhead had provided for Adam and Eve, and in the middle of that place was contained a choice. Love always provides a choice. We know that they had this vast, beautiful, luscious garden with every provision. The only thing they were not to touch was the fruit of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Obeying or disobeying God's instructions was a choice between life or death. When the adversary began to talk to Eve, he planted doubt about God in her mind. He denied what God said, that they would die if they engaged with that fruit. If Eve had said, wait a minute, just wait a minute, let me go and talk to my papa first, she would, have remind, she would have been reminded by her creator that she was already complete and she was already like God. Then she would have come back to Satan and said, hey, thanks, but no thanks. 
I'm like, so good as I am. Our lives would have been very different if that had happened. But we know she didn't talk to God first, and she tried to figure it out on her own. And we are living out the consequences today. In our own lives, we have had times where we didn't talk to God first, but we tried to figure, figure things out ourselves. And then, oh yeah, and then we go, oh no. Then we go and call on him because we've made a mess and we need help. When Adam and Eve chose the tree of knowledge of good and evil by Satan's temptation, they failed the test and they chose death. Father God, in his mercy, took time and framed limits on how long sin and death would exist. But it would not have happened if Adam and Eve had not sinned. When they sinned, they chose death. They actually sealed a covenant of death on behalf of humanity. And for everyone who was born after that, after that yes to death, their body signed that covenant. And this is what it means to be born in iniquity and sin. Our forefather and our foremother, Adam and Eve, chose it for us. Our bodies right now have agreed to die, to go by way of the grave. Our body has not made any other choice. Even if your spirit man and your soul agree with immortality, if your body has not agreed to engage in it, you will engage in mortality and your body wins that discussion. It will lay itself down because that is all that it knows how to do. It believes that it is its job to lay down and die. <clears throat> so why do we think we have the privilege to engage in something other than laying our physical lives down? Why do we have the privilege to do this that we didn't have before? Well, it's because of the blood sacrifice of Yeshua. His choice to die on the cross for us, along with communion, which restores us. His sacrifice, his death on the cross, his communion comes full circle and restores us back to the right position into who we are created to be, whereby we can engage in immortality. We can pursue life and life more abundant. He said it, we can do it. In John 10, Yeshua says, A thief has only one thing in mind. He wants to steal, slaughter, and destroy. But I have come to give you everything in abundance, more than you expect, in life, in its fullness, until you overflow. What we have also discovered is that in the times and seasons that we are in, as the door of the greater works is opening, Yeshua said, that greater works shall you do. And the greater works is walking in immortality. This does not negate or lessen the value of the lives of those who have gone before us. First Thessalonians says, We who remain shall not have an advantage over those who are asleep. It could be that they just didn't get to attain it in their lifetime for some reason, or releasing their body for his glory was on their scroll. Whatever the reason is, Papa knows, and it doesn't mean they don't get the fruit of their labor. And they are even laboring now in the cloud of witnesses to bring about what they believed for when they were here on the earth and to still bring it to come, still bring it to pass. They will get the benefits, the rewards. 
The prophets of old in the Old Testament received revelation, and they pressed forward in faith for what they saw. They believed for, they pressed in, even though they didn't attain it in their lifetime, and their faith remained. They received the rewards for all of that. The covenant, the blood covenant of Yeshua is far more profound and powerful than we have understood before. This is a deep mystery, and yet accessible to us through communion. John 6 says, He who eats my flesh and drinks my blood abides in me, and I in him. John 15 says, I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him, he bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. We abide by eating his flesh and drinking his blood and obeying him. The elements of communion are simple, and yet are used to engage the supernatural within us and for us. The engagement is real. The holy body and blood of Yeshua are there. And as we absorb the very frequency of his life, we are consumed within him and he within us as we become one with him and our entire being becomes saturated with him. Yeshua says in John 6, Truly I say to you, truly I say to you, Unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you will have no life in yourselves. Now, I like uh, what um, the author Anna Mendez Farrell shares about the early church. She shared in one of her books that in the early church, they believed communion was the very life of Yeshua. The fear of God kept them in holiness and intense love for one another because they didn't want to miss out on anything God had for them. And the harvest of souls was great. Acts 2 says they were continually devoting themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to the breaking of bread, to communion, and to prayer. Everyone kept feeling a sense of awe and many wonders and signs were taking place. They lived in the power of the Trinity by taking communion daily and demonstrating their love, loyalty, and obedience to the one true God. This is what we are to do. This is how we are to function. In some places now, communion has become a ritual act, but for the faithful, it is the receiving, absorbing of the supernatural frequency of Yeshua's very lifeblood. So we are transformed by its light and vibration flowing through every part of us, through our very DNA. Another thing that I'd just like to touch on is to mention John G. Lake. Making a point with this, he was an American missionary who served in Africa and who took communion daily. There were many missionaries who came to Africa, and they got sick and died. But John G. Lake never got sick. It says in his biography that some investigators wanted a sample of his blood to find out why he remained healthy. They acquired the blood and added a lot of germs and bacteria and all kinds of diseases to it. The biographer said that his blood admitted such light it burned up the germs. 
The life of God flowed through his veins. The life of God is love. God is love. We are made by love, and we love because he first loved us. The pouring out of his blood for us has given us the ability to be like him. He is immortal, and through yielding ourselves completely to him, taking communion, we become like him. It says in scripture, as he is, so are we. We know the highest frequency is love, and that love conquers all. The blood covenant of Yeshua contains the vibration and frequency and the full authority of the power of God's love. This is our mandate, to love God and to love Him with our whole mind, body, soul, and spirit, to with loving Him with every part of us, to walk out becoming all He's designed us to be, raising the frequency of the earth, taking our positions as sons, fulfilling our scrolls, and co-laboring with Papa, with Yeshua, with Holy Spirit for the eradication of sin and death. Well, we have to start with ourselves. We must allow the blood of Yeshua to penetrate every part of us, letting the truth of who we are and whose we are to invade every corner of creation. Romans 8 says, For God made us more than conquerors. His demonstrated love is our glorious victory over everything, including death of the body. Expanding into Yeshua's heart, gives us the capacity to break the covenant with death, for we have been crucified with Christ. So, let me ask you something. If you are on this sonship journey, and you have begun to understand that we are a multidimensional being, are you discovering yet what that means? Isn't Enoch a multidimensional being? He transfigured and translated He went back and forth between heaven and earth, serving our God. He did not go by way of the grave. Elijah transfigured and translated and did not go by the way of the grave. And he hasn't stopped. He is continuously serving and loving our wonderful God. I believe that there are others that have experienced this throughout history. I believe that they have not been revealed to us yet. Yeshua transfigured and translated. He went through the cross first to conquer sin and death for us. He became our blood sacrifice, absorbed the wages of sin, intentionally laid his body down to destroy death and take back the keys to the kingdom, which, is he, which he has now given to us. I'm sorry, I'm getting so excited here. He took his body up again as transfigured and then translated back to the right hand of the Father. Elijah translated. So we have evidence, we have proof in Scripture. And don't we all believe Scripture? 1 John 5 says, And the witness is this, that God gave unto us eternal life, and this life is in his Son. He who has the Son has life. So here we are on this journey of sonship, moving forward in faith, starting to believe what Holy Trinity says about us, So let's step out of our comfort zone. Let's step out of our limited thinking, our bias, our prejudgments to embrace who we are, 
who we truly are in Hashelush HaKodesh, the Holy Trinity. It is way beyond what we've imagined, way beyond what we have been taught in church. This is so glorious. You can't deny it. Again, let me just say we know Yeshua, our Messiah, has conquered death. It says so in Scripture, and we believe it. Now we need to apply it. Come on, everybody. We need to get hungry, get intensely ambitious for Yahweh's glory, which is beyond what has been framed for us in the past. Now, we're not going to deny the past learning. It gave us a foundation. But now we move forward. We are moving into the next age, the age of the mighty works. What do you think it will take to to walk that out, to walk out the greater works and accomplish your destiny? What do you think it's going to take to activate what Papa put in you that Lucifer coveted and made him so jealous? We are made in God's image, and we are to be like him, and we can be. God has promised to finish the work he began in us and to perfect it. We need to say yes and go the distance that he wants us to go. He has promised to be with us all the way and will never, will never leave us. He'll never forsake us. Yeshua agreed to the plan and died for the joy set before him, the joy of the fulfillment of the Trinity's plan that includes taking our place to rule and reign and co-labor with them, pressing into our scrolls. In this process of moving forward in faith, we have things that we must do. We must go ahead and go through the process to heal our bodies and souls. We have to dump our junk, grow our character, being holy as he is holy, constantly deepening our intimacy with each one of the Trinity, bringing our body, soul, and spirit into alignment, reflecting our Trinity to release the vibration and frequency of their perfect love throughout creation and the realms. So, We commit to walk in love, loyalty, and obedience because the Trinity has dreamed such dreams for us and they are eager to see it all manifest. The scripture, death and life are in the power of the tongue and they who indulge in it shall eat the fruit of it. This scripture alerts us to the fact that what we speak, the intent of our heart, and the frequency of our words matters a great deal. I am speaking words now that matter a great deal. Our words create. What we say to our body, soul, and spirit greatly affects our journey. Speaking about death over ourselves reinforces our body's belief that it must die. At the start of this podcast... I began by saying we were going to help our body break its covenant with death to make a covenant with life and life more abundant. Life, eternal life. Well, we need to start by having a conversation with our body. We need to bring our spirit and soul into this conversation and begin to let go of limited thinking if we want to commit to pressing into the more. Let's come and open our sanctified imagination to envision, to press into, to engage with and believe for transfiguration and translation. This is faith, extreme faith. 
God's word says that without faith, it is impossible to please God, and we come to him knowing that he rewards the faith of those who passionately seek him. Look at Peter the Apostle. He's a great example. He was so entangled in his relationship with the Trinity that he embodied their frequency, and and so his shadow healed people when he walked by. What about us? How hungry are we to step into the greater works? Are we willing to enter these mysteries in the heart of Papa and relinquish old religious programming? Do we trust Hashalush HaKadosh to lead the way? For we can do nothing without them. So what are the steps that we should take to begin to break our body's covenant with death? We must have intent, faith, focus, and yieldedness, complete surrender to them, to our Trinity. We must open our sanctified imagination to engage with them. Each part of us, our body, soul, and our spirit have a voice. If you have been building your spirit man and have brought it out to lead, you are used to relating to it. Your soul has its own voice, and you have helped it to learn its rightful place. Your body is the physical vessel carrying your soul and spirit right now and walking you through all your activities in the day. You may not have talked to your body before, but it has things to say to you. I'm walking this out now myself, and I'm in process. As a bench, we have found it to be a very individual process. Our bodies have responded differently to the coaching that we've done with it, to bring it into agreement with our soul and spirit. No one is the same, and each person's body will respond differently. So I want to say a couple of scriptures here. Ephesians 3, And to him who is able to do all things far more abundantly than we ask or comprehend according to the power that works in us, to him be glory. And Ecclesiastes 3 says, He has made everything beautiful in its time. He has also planted eternity in men's hearts and minds. So it's there, my friends. It's already there in you. Let's now step into an activation to help you get started. So I want to explain what we've been doing. Find a comfortable place where you can relax and focus. Take a few gentle breaths and turn the intent of your heart to the Trinity. Step before the throne of grace. If you have not talked to your spirit and your soul, and created the agreement to transfigure and translate and not go by way of the grave, you need to have a conversation with each of them first. Stop the podcast now and go ahead and do that. Ask them if they are in agreement with walking in immortality and not going by way of the grave. If your soul has not said yes, then you need to bring your spirit forward to speak to your soul to encourage it. If you are not hearing from your spirit, then you need to strengthen your spirit man and go through your soul-cleansing process. So we have teachings on this available on YouTube that you can access. After you've gone through speaking with your soul and your spirit, you can continue on after you've received that agreement. Then you ask your spirit and soul to come alongside 
to ask the body if it is in agreement with transfiguring and translating. If it is in agreement to walking in immortality and not going by way of the grave. Then relax. Wait for your body's answer. You can hear the answer. And then your next question is, are you ready to break your covenant with death? If your body says yes, then ask your body, is there anything else I need to do? And let it speak to you. Then ask the Trinity, is there anything else I need to do? If your body responds to you and says no, that's okay. Go to the Trinity and ask what you need to do to work with your body and bring it into agreement for immortality, bringing it into agreement for not going by way of the grave. It's a fairly simple process, but it's incredibly profound. And it's going to be different for every one of us. We are all unique. Our conversations with our body, soul, and spirit will be uniquely our own. As a bench, we've been working through this, and each one of us have had different responses. So we continue on. We continue on in the process until body, soul, and spirit are in full agreement. Well, I believe this podcast has been helpful for you. This is an opportunity for such a time as this. So you can come back and listen to this over and over as many times as you want as you move forward in your sonship journey. Shalom and blessing to every one of you.